Welcome to the study the Lord has graciously provided uh, for me to study and to pray for you and the church family and to this new way of communicating. So for a while we'll be communicating this way, either through this study, we may move the venue around a little bit to, to change it up a bit, but uh, I'm glad you're joining me for this time together. I want to give you a little update on, on my family. Uh, we were welcoming our new granddaughter into the world uh, last Monday morning very early, uh, Lydia Ruth. And so uh, she's truly a, a new miracle of the Lord for us. Lori and I are healthy as far as we know. We don't think we've been exposed to the virus, but uh, we are taking precautions. So we're limiting our, our time out in public and even with our family. Uh, so things are always changing and we're continuing to monitor updates as far as travel and those types of things. So, uh, but we also want you to know that uh, this is a chance to, for us to stay connected during this time, and we're looking at ways to do that uh, through social media, maybe through some Zoom meetings. We want our life groups to keep communicating together. Uh, uh, your pastors will be available. Pastor Robert and myself will be available for phone calls maybe some uh, online meetings. If you request a personal visit, uh, we will come, uh, but we will wait for you to do that invitation uh, to respect the uh, distancing that you would feel comfortable with. So uh, we do want to also, for those of you who have a very busy life, which is many of us, is to take time to reconnect with your family. Um, we are so busy and every second and minute taken in the way we travel and, and everywhere. And now all of a sudden, it's all changing. It's all changed. And it's going to be that way for quite a little while. So I hope that you'll take this time, as this, see this as, a, as an interruption of God's graciousness to us, to actually take time to reconnect and draw closer as a family. We also want to do that in a church family uh, setting as well. So there are ways we're working on to try to accomplish that, and we'll be communicating with you as time goes on uh, how we're going to do that. But this also is a time of what I consider to be a God's gracious interruption into His world that He made. You know, the Lord has always used various circumstances, not just illness like this, but sometimes bad circumstances, a loss of job, uh, other crises that come into our lives to draw our attention to Him. And that's what we want to do today. It's no coincidence that uh, uh, in this study of Proverbs we've been in, this is the last uh, sermon on this, last teaching on this, has been on the fear of the Lord and the, our view of wealth. Uh, and it's no, definitely a very fitting time to talk about that at this time when there are fears out there and in many different ways. So, but I want to take time now to actually have you pray with me re regarding these situations, and uh, we'll then get into the teaching of His Word today. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to, to communicate <laughs> uh, in a way that wasn't possible uh, just a few decades ago. Lord, we do lift up uh, our world to You that may this be a time of people seeing you for who you are, the gracious, merciful creator of this world, this universe that we enjoy. 
And Lord, in this time of, of, of fear, this time of worry, this time of challenge, may, may people see you for who you are, see themselves for who they are, and draw near to you. For those of you, those of uh, out there that don't know you as Savior, that they would come to know you as Savior, that those who do know you will draw closer to you and be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. So, Lord, we look to you. Uh, you are our provider, our protector, our defender, and we look to you for all of our needs. We thank you for being who you are and your care for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I'd like to uh, talk to you about, uh, first of all, uh, wealth. Uh, there's a fear of the Lord, and it should affect the way we view wealth. The scripture talks a lot about that. And there are a few Proverbs here that we'll read to bring to light some things that uh, we're learning even as we speak. Uh, Proverbs 11.4 says, Wealth is not profitable on a day of wrath, but righteousness rescues from death. In fact, wealth is not profitable in any situation in life that is a crisis. Things we can do nothing about things we're placed into that, wow, why is this happening? Um, Proverbs 16.8, Better a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. So may we be content. The Bible talks a lot about being content. In 1 Timothy 6, it says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Proverbs 23.4, Don't wear yourself out to get rich. Because you know better, stop. As soon as your eyes fly to it, it disappears, for it makes wings for itself and flies like an eagle to the sky. And I'm not one to uh, watch the Dow Jones Industrial Average, but it seems to be a big focus of our world today and uh, affecting every, on a global uh, basis how everyone pays attention to that. Well, many of you know that this wealth that we thought we had... <laughs> As a world, the Dow Jones dropped one-third of its value uh, just this last two weeks. And so it can be gone. As the scriptures say, it makes wings for itself and flies like an eagle to the sky. So there's really no point in placing all of our eggs in the basket of wealth. We need to fear the Lord instead. And then Proverbs 11.24, One person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right only to become poor. A generous person will be enriched, and the one who gives a drink of water will receive water. Anyone trusting in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. And in this time, we've been working uh, in the community trying to find ways to, to meet needs. And as the proverb we read just says, we want to be generous people. And so as we learn of needs in the community uh, in any way, from providing food to help in other areas, those who uh, are going to be losing work, losing pay because of jobs, we want to be uh, aware of that. And as we can meet those needs, especially in the church family, we want to be able to do that. So we need to be a generous people. You know, it's just the opposite mainly of what our world thinks. As you've heard in the news, there are people who have taken advantage of 
the situation to to buy large stockpiles of things in order to make a profit. And yet the scripture says just the opposite, that we should be generous and not hoard. And so we as a church have been blessed and we want to be a blessing to others with what he's provided us with. So there's the part about the fear of the Lord affecting our view of wealth. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the fear of the Lord as it's a, it's a big topic in not just the uh, Proverbs, but in all of Scripture. But we're mainly talking about fear in this respect of reverence, respect, and honor of the Lord as Creator and Redeemer. There is another fear, or what we call the dread or the terror of God, is in the Scripture and talked about many times. In fact, it's, a, it's more like a cowering or a begging fear of God. In the New Testament, for example, the wrath of God appears 30 times. Judgment appears 49 times. Condemnation, 18 times. And many times talks about suffering, torment, weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. That's not really our focus for today. Again, our focus will be on the reverence of God, respect and honor of the Lord as Creator and Redeemer. It also is an active recognition of the greatness and righteousness of God, therefore humbling ourselves before Him. And that is the fear of the Lord that we really want to talk about today. Charles Spurgeon also said, in, the, in respect to the fear of the Lord, it is a sacred awe of Him. This is accompanied by a childlike trust in Him, which leads to loving obedience, tender submission, and lowly adoration. You see, when we see God for who He is and all of His might and all of His majesty, it kind of places us in our proper uh, position of a humble submission to Him as our Creator. So let's look at some of the verses in Proverbs that talk about the fear of the Lord, the benefits of it, and its blessings to us. Proverbs 1.7, which Robert actually called carried uh, about in his sermon, kicking off this study in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. So we can't even begin to gain the proper knowledge that we have. We can't begin to know the wisdom of the Lord until we fear the Lord. If He is the creator of all things, and He set all things in motion, then He knows best how it should operate. And so we look to Him for that wisdom and understanding. Proverbs one twenty nine is another talking about the fear of the Lord and what we do when we don't fear the Lord. Because they hated knowledge, didn't choose to fear the Lord, were not interested in my counsel and rejected all my correction, they will eat the fruit of their way and be glutted with their own schemes. The New Testament verse for this is we reap what we sow. And so we, we want to sow righteousness, we want to show, uh, sow good works, and, and reap uh, good blessings uh, from the Lord. But when we reject the, the, the counsel of the Lord, when we reject His correction, we are really missing out on the blessings of God. And we'll actually get the fruit of our own ways instead of the fruit of the Spirit which the Lord provides. And in conjunction with that, Proverbs 3, 7 says, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. 
And many times we want to be wise in our own eyes. In respect to this, and there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of smart people working on the issue of the coronavirus and trying to stop its spread. And they're gathering data, trying to figure out models for vaccinations, for antibodies, those things trying to fight the, the virus. Uh, we applaud that and we welcome that. Uh, but we can't be wise in our own eyes as determining why is this happening? You know, we don't really know God's will on this, but we do pray for God's will to be done and that it would draw people to Him and His children closer to Him. Proverbs 8.13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. You know, there are some things that the Lord hates, and what the Lord hates, we should hate as well. And the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Uh, what do we do with this whole uh, threat that's uh, coming on us and now the, the isolation that we feel? You know, we can get understanding only from the Lord. You know, why is this happening? Why are we uh, shut down, so to speak? And we are seeing the way of life as we've known it for a long time being totally disrupted. Uh, is that a bad thing? Uh, I hope that it's not. It's, it's definitely different. How we operate as a church is going to be different. You know, we'll be closed as far as our doors here to, to public gatherings for who knows in several weeks, and we're prepared for that. Uh, you may feel like you're, you're stuck at home. I've been praying about our next uh, series of what to, to be thinking about. And, you know, there are several passages in the Scripture that talks about <laughs> being captive. And sometimes we feel captive when we're kind of in lockdown mode, uh, limited uh, travel, limited exposure to friends and family. And so we may be talking about that over the next several weeks. Proverbs 14.26 says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares of death. Uh, when we fear the Lord, we do have a strong confidence. Uh, I don't even know if I've been exposed to the virus. We don't know how many have been. But, you know, even if the virus does attack my body uh, and would take my life, uh, that's okay. Why? Because I'm prepared. The Lord of the earth, the creator of the earth, always does what is right. And we were all going to, to be dying of something. And again, the virus is just... Uh, a more an extreme example of the, the rapidly uh, uh, expansion of it, the, uh, the infectiousness of it, and how it can really affect many, many people worldwide and how quickly it does. In our global society, you know, it's, it's, it's good news, bad news. We can be about anywhere, anytime that we want, or used to be able to do that, and now we're not. Uh, we can also have spread of infectious disease, as we're seeing, because of this. And so how do we deal with that? And I think there will be many changes, even as a church, how we communicate, the way we stay connected to one another. Hopefully this all will reveal some things that maybe we've not been doing as well that we could be doing better. 
but we can have a strong confidence that we do have a refuge in the Lord and we seek Him for that. Proverbs 15.33 The fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches and humility comes before honor. And in this time of, of uncertainty, uh, I hope that it will be, have a humbling effect on God's children. Humbling in the respect that we will draw closer to Him, but also humbling in the respect that there are people watching. Even though we can't get out very much, there are people wanting to communicate through social, social media. How are, we, how are we handling this? Are we, as God's children, showing fear in the midst of this? Or are we showing trust? And that's what we need to be, to be looking at as being a witness and example to the world. And may the Lord use this uh, in our lives to give His kingdom out to many people. Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. One will sleep at night without danger. So it always leads to life. When we seek our own way, we end up getting ourselves into situations that are hard to get out of, situations that are hard to fix, some that can't be fixed, some of the consequences we have we just can't get away from. But the fear of the Lord leads to life. He always provides life and light for our paths. 23.17 says, Don't let your heart envy sinners. Instead, always fear the Lord. For then you will have a future and your hope will not be dashed. I want to read that verse 18 again. For then you will have a future and your hope will not be dashed. You see, when we place our hope in what man's ways are, we place our hope in ourselves, our, our families, which are all good things. We'll always come up short. But when we fear the Lord and seek His wisdom and understanding, we'll have a future and we have a hope that will not be dashed. Many times I've trusted in people and people have let me down. Sometimes people have trusted in me and in my imperfection, I've let people down. But <clears throat> when our fear of the Lord is supreme in our lives, our hope will not be dashed. Ladies, I have some good news for you. Proverbs 31.30 says this, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. You know, uh, I know you've probably noticed, uh, I'm not claiming any beauty here, but I have uh, more gray hair than I've had in quite a little while. And beauty and physical attraction is fleeting. It'll, it'll diminish over time. So as attractive men as your wives may be, uh, attractive ladies as your men may be, uh, we're going to age over time and it will be fleeting. But those who fear the Lord will be praised. They'll be honored. And again, this is where our attention should be. And then the last section I want to cover here in the way of fear of the Lord is Proverbs 29.25. And this is something that uh, all of us deal with sometimes on a daily basis. The fear of mankind is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. So we have the fear of the Lord, that reverence, awe, respect, and honor of Him in contrast to the fear of mankind. And when we fear man, it is a snare. It is a drawing away of actually fearing and honoring the Lord. So, you know, why do we do this? So here's what fear of man looks like. 
this is not all of it, but generally speaking, covers a lot of ground here. The fear of what people might think of us. You know, we deal with that all the time. Many times we change uh, what we would be saying uh, based on who our audience is. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I have that fear of what you might think I would say in the way of uh, any teaching that I would do, any, any sermons I would prepare and give. So we all think about what others think of us. That's one way of fearing mankind. Another fearing is that of offending someone. And, uh, and that's a good news and bad news. When we fear offending someone, we are sensitive in one respect that we don't want to offend them. We don't want to be obnoxious. We don't want to, to push people away. But on the other hand, we have to tell the truth. And the truth of the gospel is sometimes it is offensive. In fact, most, most of the time it's offensive. I mean, who wants to be told that they have sinned against God and that is a problem that you need a Savior? You need to humble yourself, submit your life to Him in order to be saved from the wrath of God. Another fear is, is what man might do to us. You know, what is going to happen to someone who is in authority over us? Uh, what's going to happen if uh, terrorism invades our country? And now we have an enemy that we can't see that we don't know what's going to happen there either. But I want to remind you that it was the fear of man that led Pilate to slay the Savior, Jesus Christ. He caved into what men thought instead of honoring, respecting, fearing the Lord, as we've described. So I want to give you some examples uh, briefly of those that overcame fear by faith. I want to start with Noah. Hebrews 11.7 says this, By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And you know, I can only imagine, as maybe you as well, what was it like for Noah to spend over a hundred years building something that had never been built and a vessel being built for something that had never been seen, which is rain, a flood, and all of the things that people may have said to him and what they thought about him. But Noah, by faith, when he was warned about the wrath of God to come, God had said, man is just always doing evil. I, I regret that I, I made him and I'm going to destroy all of mankind. Except you, Noah, because you've trusted in me. You found grace in my sight. So, by the grace and mercy of God, Noah trusted the Lord and did something that was really outlandish when you think about it. And if any of you have seen the ark uh, over in, in Kentucky, uh, it's, uh, it's to scale. It's a massive, massive thing to look at. Uh, we've been over there. If you haven't been, it's, a, it's quite a sight. And to think that a man and his three sons built that thing is they are the real craftsmen uh, that the Lord had made. So he overcame his fear by faith and following God's plan. Then another example is in Genesis 22, uh, where God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, his only son Isaac, from his body and Sarah's. 
on an altar. And he took Isaac out there, uh, prepared the wood, bound his son, put him on the altar, and was about to slay him by bringing up the knife to slay him. And then God says this, Then he, God said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place, The Lord Will Provide. I think it's an awesome, awesome story. And one of great relief, I'm sure, to Abraham as a father of the son whom he was asked to kill. Now being relieved. And why? Because God said, I know, I know that you fear me. I know that you revere me, you honor me, you respect me by obeying what I've asked you to do. And then, of course, the Lord's provision. I think it's really great that Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. So instead of his son being the sacrifice, God provided a ram right there, caught in the thicket by its horns. And then lastly, an example is of Daniel. And in Daniel 3.17, we'll read these words in a minute. But of course, the backdrop is, is that the king, Nebuchadnezzar, had made a gold statue and he wanted everyone to bow down and worship it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we're not going to do that. And uh, somebody tattletailed on them. And of course, the king was uh, furious and he gave them a chance to repent. He said, I'm going to give you a chance to bow down and worship this gold statue that I've made. This is my God. Will you do that? And this is their reply. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. He can rescue. He can rescue from the power of men. But even if he doesn't, we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. We are going to worship the true and living God. As we know, the uh, many think that it is a pre pre uh, pre-existence or pre-incarnation of Christ. They're in the fire with them. And of course, they were rescued in this case. So I have a question for you. I've asked this question of myself. Why is it that some get the coronavirus and some don't? Why is it that some get the virus and get very, very sick and some have died and others don't? Why do some recover and some don't? Either way, we're going to worship the Lord. If the Lord chooses to take my life through this virus, then praise be to Him. I'll be with Him. I'll see Him face to face. You see, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have this hope. It doesn't matter how much time we spend down here. We have an eternity to spend with Him. And in light of the difference of the, of the few years we spend down here, you know, we're going to have an eternity to spend with Him. And I was just reading this morning in my morning devotions 
that in Revelation 21 and 22, you may want to read that and see the absence of all we see down here that's bad. Grief, sorrow, death, pain, those will all be gone. And so we, we look to the Lord for His provision, as we've read. We walk by faith and not by sight. And even if the Lord chooses to take us home now, we'll still be blessed, especially as believers. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 9.31, it says this, So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. How? Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. And so I'm praying that through all of this, that we'll actually fear the Lord, honor Him, respect Him, draw near to Him, be encouraged by the Holy Spirit that He's freely given and we're, we're sealed with. And then He'll increase, maybe not so much in numbers, uh, our attendance eventually here at First Baptist, but it will increase our, uh, our faith in Him. And we can exercise more faith now, maybe than we could have before. And then the last fear that we have that I want to talk about is the fear of rejection. Charles Spurgeon once said, Why I have known some who were afraid even to give away a tract. They were as much alarmed as though they had put their hand into a tiger's mouth. And we have that fear of rejection. That's why sometimes we don't talk about the Lord. But we have a great opportunity now for those who are asking a reason, why is this happening? Why now? Where is God? Is He a good God? We have an opportunity to say, yes, He is good. So we will get through this. Uh, the Lord will see us through. He's faithful. He's always been faithful. He's the God who doesn't change. He's ever-present with us. He said He promised never to leave us nor forsake us. So may we look to Him. So let's pray together, and then I'll have some, uh, some instructions, some updates on, uh, on how we'll be operating from here. Uh, so let's pray together. Lord, we thank you again for your grace and your mercy to us. Uh, in the midst of trying times, um, you actually shine the brightest. And so, Lord, we give all these difficult situations, not just this uh, coronavirus that's, uh, that's attacking our world, but we have other things that are always pressing in on us. And we need to fear uh, you, uh, honoring you, being in awe of you, and recognize you as the creator, savior, redeemer of man. So Lord, I pray that you'll have uh, grow us in patience as we'll spend more time together in our families, uh, more time in our homes, not able to get out, uh, and that you'll grow us in that. And Lord, may... The same be true, absence makes the heart grow fonder, that when we do reunite and are able to meet again, it would be a very blessed time and we look forward to that. So we thank you for your blessings and your provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining me. It's been a very unusual experience. I was actually more nervous preparing for this than I would be if I were seeing you face to face. But I do miss seeing your faces and one day we'll be doing that again. And for those who are watching uh, for the first time or you're not a regular attender or, or a member here, if you have any questions about this whole thing, uh, any questions at all, 
about the scriptures, about life, uh, please call the office. You can get in touch with me. The number is 765-569-3322. And we'll be happy to uh, talk with you. Uh, to our regular church members and <laughs> regular attenders and church members, uh, you know ways to get a hold of me. Again, you can call the office as well. Uh, we are available. And please, uh, please avail yourselves to us. We want to be here to serve you. We will be. So we'll be in constant communication, consistent communication. And until next time, may the Lord bless.